Hey everybody, welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This podcast is centered around discussions with students from the School of Communications, and we take you inside some of their experiences, opportunities, and aspirations. On today's episode, host Chris Rausch interviews Mahi Sugebo, a third-year journalism major in the 3 Plus 1 program. We learn how a student from East Africa decides to come to a school like Quinnipiac, as well as the struggles of being so far away from family. Mahi opens up and discusses important advice that she received from a professor, and you're not going to want to miss that. My name is Mike Bachman, and I'm the producer of the show. I'm also a graduate student in Quinnipiac School of Communications. Our executive producer and director of community programming is David DeRoche. On Common Grounds is hosted by Chris Rausch, dean of the School of Communications. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Uncommon Grounds. This is a podcast about students at the Quinnipiac University of School of Communications. My name is Dean Chris Rausch, and joining us today is Mahi Sugebo. Mahi is a journalism student. Mahi, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Or should I say Jumbo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, Jumbo is hello in Swahili, correct? Yes, yes. So how does a, someone like you mm-hmm. from East Africa get to Quinnipiac University? Okay, so I <laughs> was born in Ethiopia. I was That's where I was raised. So I'm Ethiopian full, like through and through. Um, I speak Amharic, so I'm bilingual, which I love because when I like, I can speak it randomly with my friends and they get tripped up. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> um, but I was in the process of applying to colleges and it's always been like the next step to kind of go to like somewhere in the West for college, because sadly enough, our universities are not as like accredited as the ones that are in the US. So um, I took the SATs and did everything that I needed to do for the application. And in the college board, they send your application to colleges that might be interested in you. And Quinnipiac University actually reached out to me, or I was one of the students that they reached out to um, and said, we have a like a specific um, scholarship for international students. And if you apply, most likely you will get it because you meet our uh, requirements. And when I got that email, I was like, okay, like I had to, I did a quick Google search of like, where's Quinnipiac? Like, <laughs> where is it located? Um, but then after I just submitted my application, and I heard back that was, Quinnipiac was the first school I heard back from. And they also said that I was accepted in the three plus one program. And that made me really happy because I was like, I can just get a bachelor's degree and a master's degree all in one. And we'll have to worry about the PhDs or a second master's degree once I'm already like have a career and have a life. <laughs> um, so all of that kind of dragged me from East Africa all the way to here. What is it like going to college halfway around the world? I mean, you obviously miss your parents and your friends back home. Yeah, um, it's it's difficult. It does get difficult because, especially because of COVID, I wasn't able to go back home. I haven't seen my family in over a year. Um, wow. I'm laughing now, but it's something that I, you know, it's yeah. it can it can it can hit sometimes. And the best that I can do is just like try to call them as often as possible. But then even sometimes calling them kind of like makes me feel even more homesick because I'm like, oh, I wish I was there. Um, But it is difficult. And there's really nothing that prepares you, I think, for being an international student. Because when I applied, I was like, oh, how bad can it be? Like so many other of my peers do it. I think I can handle it. And 
the first time that I came to the U.S. was when, when I was moving into um, the campus and I was just expecting it to look like the movies where it's like <laughs> like music plays once I step off the um, airport, like the airplane and it, like I'm the main character. <laughs> um, but it was there was a lot of culture shock, definitely. And I think even having gone to an international school, I was kind of expecting myself to seamlessly transition. But there's really nothing that prepares you because I feel like everybody does have their own kind of um, everybody has a different experience. Every international student has a different experience, but what the only way that I cope is just like by creating my second family here on campus. And the people that I live with are absolutely amazing. And whenever I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling homesick. They're like, okay, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to watch a movie? Let's watch one of your favorite movies. And, um, I just, you know, you keep pushing through. So tell me about journalism. Why, why journalism? I've always loved writing. <laughs> like writing was, my favorite thing that I've always enjoyed doing. And when I was applying for colleges and figuring out, okay, what do I have to major in? Um, I think I wasn't entirely prepared to be an adult yet. So it was kind of a scary process for me figuring out what, like, do I have to make the decision now? Do I have to stick with it for the rest of my life? I feel like I haven't seen enough of the world or grown up enough to make such a huge decision, but I knew that I wanted to center it around writing. So I was, I was, I started doing research. I just Googled like careers with writing and then journalism was one of them. And as I read more and more into like the nitty gritty of journalism, I was like, okay, this is definitely something that I want to do because I want to travel the world. And I, being an international student, I think I already have this like international scope. Um, and I see the world as like just a myriad of cultures, which it is. And I was like, okay, I want to travel. And it would be amazing if I was able to write about the places that I travel to. And so my initial career option was like travel journalists. I'll just travel everywhere and I'll write and it'll be amazing. <laughs> so with that in mind, I just kind of I like full send applied to the journalism um, department. And I'm happy <laughs> with how it turned out three years in. It's been a very good like learning experience because it definitely journalism wasn't like definitely was not what I expected it was going to be but going into the classes and meeting all the professors was really eye-opening because I was like okay journalism really matters especially I think in the current like political climate that we're in right now the truth matters and the people who write the truth like we have to make sure that we're doing it with integrity and doing it ethically and Professor Diaz and Yanity are very like my, my favorite professors in the journalism department and they both kind of they stress that very heavily so I was really happy like I was kind of kind of surprised that it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be but I'm happy with how it turned out to be. So is there something that you want to cover after graduation or do you are you going to go back to Africa or Kenya to, um, to be a journalist or are you going to stay in the states or what's the plan? Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a huge question. I, I've, I've been like trying to decide because I, like my sister is also graduating this May with her bachelor. So we've both been on the phone like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like it's, it's creeping up. But I, I think I do want to go back home at least for a little bit because I miss it and I haven't been there for so long. Um, but journalism wise, I would love to be able to report in Ethiopia, but then the news media that is there currently is not what I want to be a part of, per se. I think um, it's either government owned or the ones that aren't government owned are 
I don't know. It's just, it doesn't seem like it's state it sticks with the like with the with the principles that I've been taught. So my answer to that was like, okay, I'll just stay in the US. So maybe I probably will stay in the US depending on OPT applications and visa implications, but I really want to go to Denver and <laughs> Denver. I would I would love to work for the Denver Post. Um, I've stayed in Colorado for most of the time because that's where my uncle is. And I just fell in love with the state. I don't know. It's gorgeous. <laughs> my father and my grandparents are buried in Colorado. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. place. Yeah. Remind me about that. I can make some connections for you mm-hmm. um, out in Colorado. Okay. Okay. At some, w- at, at some news organizations. Okay. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll email you after. Okay. Maya, I want to talk to you about something that happened in one of your classes. Okay. That just showed me your integrity and, and your passion. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure you know that I know this. It's in, <laughs> it was in Wasim's class. Okay. And Wasim was talking about covering a protest. Mm-hmm. And Wasim was telling the class that a gentleman came up to Wasim and said, where are you from? Right. And Wasim asked the class, why that was important. And according to Wasim, you gave the perfect answer. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if you can remember what that answer was, but can you tell our listeners how you responded to to Wasim? How how did you respond to your professor? Um, Okay, so I I enjoyed that class. Professor Ahmad is a very talented (laughs) professor, a very talented photographer. So being in that class is just amazing. But when we were when we were having that discussion, I kind of was watching what my potential future might be because I am in that class at least the only um, black person from my, from what I remember. I might be wrong, but when, when that class like session specifically, me and Wasim were the only people of color in that in the class, and I kind of. Well, it was kind of scary seeing the video because I know that that that's something that's I'm definitely going to have to face. But hearing questions like, oh, where are you from? Um, if so even like even though I'm an international student, if I answer like, oh, I'm from Ethiopia, the person that is asking me disrespectfully, oh, where are you from? Is most likely using it as a weapon like, oh, you're from Ethiopia. Where where is that even like I don't know where that is and kind of invalidating my experience and using that as a way to be to to make me feel less than and if you're american and you grew up in the us and you are you're black indigenous or a person of color and you hear that question it's incredibly disrespectful because if you're born and raised in america you're that's where you're from <laughs> you're american and people who ask oh where are you from and then if somebody responds like Brooklyn, New York, they're going to be like, no, that's not true. You're based on your skin color. You're from some, somewhere else. But that's not true either, because the U.S. is comprised of so many different cultures, so many different races. And it's a completely inv- it just invalidates the experiences that they have, because even though systemic oppression still persists to this day, systemic racism persists to this day, they're American because they're born here and Use it, trying to use the origin of someone's like of someone to make them feel less than is a, a huge microaggression a major aggression if you will it's not micro and it's it's macro it's macro it's a major <laughs> aggression and yeah. it's incredibly sublim- subliminal which i think is 
what makes it very difficult to deal with because it's not somebody screaming, oh, I hate you because of your skin color. It's them trying to manipulate you into a place where you consider yourself as less than than that, less than them, which is a lot more powerful than someone screaming like extremely racist things to your face because they're playing with your mind. And it makes you think like, huh, like I'm not really American. And then it puts you in a, like it throws you into a huge identity crisis because then now you're trying to figure out, am I American or am I from, or am I like a part of the country that my parents, my grandparents, whoever um, first settled in the US are from? And it's, it's a really difficult thing to experience and to deal with. And it kind of makes me feel scared for like thinking like, okay, what if I become a journal- photojournalist and I'm, you know, taking pictures of a protest and somebody just starts screaming like these things at me, how am I gonna react? And Professor Ahmed gave us the really, really, really good advice and just being like, you're there to do your job and you have to know what you can and cannot do, but then also recognize when you are in a place of danger so you can get out. (laughs) You can just get the heck out and you will keep yourself safe. And he said, like, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of like, yes, your job is to go to the protest. Your job is to go to the protest and report, take pictures and show the reader what it was like but your number one priority is to keep yourself safe. So if you feel that you are in an environment where you don't feel safe, then just leave, get in your car or get in the person's car that you came with and just leave because your number one, your top priority should be your safety, especially when you're a black indigenous or a person of color in America. I I want you to know right now that you have the the passion, you have the, the skills and you have the professionalism to do anything you want in journalism from what I have seen and from what I've been told by your professors. So don't let anybody ever try to threaten you and and try to demean you like that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That means a lot. (laughs) That means a lot, especially coming from you. I mean, my, I have never heard somebody say a negative thing about you. You are, you're very, you're just so poised and mature beyond your years. So uh, I wish we had more students like you, frankly. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That that means so much more (laughs) than I can put into words. All right. Uh, We're running out of time. So I want to get some real quick questions in. The market in downtown Nairobi. Have you ever been? I have. That is crazy. (laughs) There's beauty in the lack of order. That's how I always put it because we have a similar market back home in Addis Ababa. And every time I go, I'm like, this is, this is my, these are my people. This is where I should be. And I think it's kind of difficult when you haven't been raised there to find your place or find out where you're going and try not to get lost in the crowd. But that places like that is really where I thrive because I just, I love seeing the culture. <laughs> I love seeing people doing what they need to do. And yeah. it's it's a beautiful thing to witness, I think. And I I'm, I went back, I the first time I was there, I think it was because my mom was looking for um, textiles to get, to make curtains for. And we were just kind of driving through the crowd and there's cars everywhere. There's people, there's people everywhere. There's music blasting from, you don't even know where, like which yeah. direction. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you can smell the, the life. You can smell the spices that they're selling. You can smell the, like the, the cloths that they're selling. And there's nothing that made me more like feel 
like an, an Ethiopian then, or, you know, as a Kenyan resident, then being in those markets, because I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I want to be surrounded with. And I love that. It's such a like proud celebration of our culture. And these markets have, you know, existed since like before colonization, but Kenyans, they've been so strong that they've kept it there. We bought a, uh, uh, a hand carved chess set in the market in downtown mm-hmm. Nairobi. Oh my God. My, yeah. my steps, my stepson bought one and it was, it's the most intricately carved chess pieces I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's absolutely like I have a, actually <laughs> I have a piece that I bought from the market that I have on my wall. <laughs> Very nice. And looking at the, like the craftsmanship and they're the artists that sell these, like the, these pieces are so, so talented and yeah. they always have like gold rings, gold necklaces, bead necklaces. And it's just the amount of, I think the amount of, the amount of effort and attention to detail that they pay when they make these things is so, so impressive. And it just, it makes me feel so proud of where I'm from. <laughs> Okay, last question. What is the one thing besides your parents and your family that you miss the most about Africa? I think just kind of waking up in my apartment in Nairobi because every morning, us Ethiopians, we drink coffee with every meal. (laughs) It's our one thing. We're very proud of it. Um, And when you wake up, let me just set the scene for you. You wake up and you can smell the coffee. You can smell the food, the spices, because everything we eat most of the time is spicy. You smell the eggs. You smell the bread that they've just baked, like they bought from the store the other day and kind of waking up and seeing my dad on his couch on his phone or, you know, on a book, like reading a book and my sister, like talking to my mom or to my dad and my little sister kind of like running around the house and finding things to play with. Just moments like that where I wake up and I feel like at home is really, really what I miss the most because not that I don't feel at home at Quinnipiac, but it's a different feeling of just like, these are the people that have taken care of me for so long. And I get to spend so much time with them because by blood, we're, <laughs> that's just what's what we're, what we're going to have to do. But being there, waking up and seeing the trees because Nairobi is so, so green and just small little moments like that, where I have, when I'm in Nairobi, it makes me miss home so much because now when I look outside my window, I see trees that are kind of dead because of the winter and, and snow. snow. <laughs> <laughs> and I just miss the fact that you can go outside with just a t-shirt, like 12 months of the year and you'd be fine. So just, just being there is really what I miss the most out of every other thing that makes me homesick. All right. You've motivated me that, that before graduation, I, I want to wear my Tusker beer. Mm-hmm. t-shirt you should <laughs> on campus and see who is going to notice tusker beer who's going oh. to know tusker beer oh i will make me so happy <laughs> <laughs> all right mahi we are out of time i want to thank you for joining us on this episode of uncommon grounds or i guess i should say asante sana <laughs> asante sana i'm very happy to be here <laughs> thank you And if you're not aware, we have a YouTube show called Connect with Chris, where I talk to alumni from the School of Communications. Please check that out. Mahi, asante sana. Thank you. (laughs) Asante sana. That was Chris Rausch interviewing Mahi Sugebo. 
Common Grounds is hosted by Chris Rausch, Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. The show is produced by myself, Mike Bachman. A big thank you to Heather Popovics for running social media. And our executive producer and director of community programming is David DeRoche. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcasts. You can listen to our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. And be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at qupodcasts. If you have a story to share or something you want us to talk about, you can find us on social media or shoot us an email. That address is qupodcasts at qu.edu. On the next episode of Uncommon Grounds, Chris interviews Devany Payne, a first-year 3-plus-1 student. Be sure to stay connected, stay informed, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you.